Welcome to the Dreamers Colloquium Podcast, recorded in New York City at Studio 84. You can reach us at thedreamerscolloquium at gmail.com with any questions, suggestions, or to submit your dreams. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Dream Colloquium. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll read it on the next show. Thanks for listening. Week three was week two session two session two absolutely, which is a, a kind of a, a landmark Episode session for two. us. We actually made it to a second session. That was the, the wonderful feedback we got was come on back and try it again. Episode two <laughs> was that the uh, that was the best of the Star Wars. I was going to say what Star Wars was that? It was Episode five technically in Star Wars? The Empire Strikes Back. Right. Yeah. How we get on Star Wars to start this? I don't know. Oh, nerds! Um, well, welcome. I, you know, I, I'm I'm really excited to uh, to be back and recording again. This is a um, this is a fun one. We've got, I think, our own little uh, our own little uh, uh, bipod today. Uh, Here we usually are. Usually, we roll with a tripod. Uh, one, we're down one member, but still ready to go. Um, just to uh, introduce our audience again to who we have actually in studio today, the world famous Studio 84. Uh, we have uh, myself, Reed Brooks, uh, sitting directly to my right, Will Funk. Here I am. Here he is. Happy to be here. And also two cats. Two cats. And the Twilight Zone playing in the background. There's a very obese man. In on a, mute. On mute. A very obese man in a bowl. A little added hat. inspiration, maybe. <laughs> Well, given the fact that this is a dream show, I feel like the Twilight Zone really syncs up very well with totally. what we're talking about. Yeah. Of shows you could pick to watch while talking about dreams, this is very, very This is the one you picked. Yep. Yeah. Um, how's, how are things going, man? What, what have you been up to? It's good. You know, I just started my new job, so I've been kind of, you know, putting in my time. Yeah? <laughs> um, what uh, is, uh, let's, what's, what's the new job? It's been good. Oh, what's going on? Uh, I'm working with NYU Langone. Oh, cool. It's uh, okay. a network of medical hospitals and research centers, NYU affiliated. Um, and I'm doing user research and uh, interaction design for them. So I'm working on, right now, their patient-facing site, helping people book doctor's appointments and making that process easier. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. How are things with you, Reed? <laughs> this is like a therapy session all of a sudden. Um, things are going How well, man. Week? I I, uh, I had jury duty. Really? About that? Yeah. No, I had jury. duty. I hope this comes out in a dream. I, yeah, I pro- maybe in some form in my subconscious, I'm sure that it was translated <laughs> into a completely bizarre metaphor of some sort. But um, I can't say that there was a, a direct tie to what I brought in terms of dreams this week to discuss. And also, um, so maybe it just wasn't that important to you. Well, I would like to think that a man's life was on the line. So I would like to oh, think in, wow. in, in any it was case like, like that. that was, yeah, of course, man. A serious man. trial. So, yeah, well, I mean. Dang. It was a, I mean, I don't know. I, criminal trial. Um, you know, I won't go too deep into the details. But not but, serious enough to make it into a dream. <laughs> 
I guess not. Maybe into his dreams, not into mine. Um, yeah, I had that. I mean, I also, I, you know, I don't know if we talked about this, man. I also got a tattoo done uh, okay. between the last show and this Tell show. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I, I think I uh, made a very poor decision uh, in my uh, early life and got a tattoo that I absolutely hated, uh, but I've had for a long time. Uh, got it covered up, and I waited about a month and a half to get in to see one of the absolute best tattoo orders in, in New York City. Um, I'll give them a, a little plug here. Fun City Tattoo and Big Steve. People literally come from all around the world uh, annually to see this guy. Um, hmm. He's that good. And uh, went down there and got a, it's a Celtic knot, Tree of Life, which uh, the Druidic Celts, who are kind of my peeps, uh, were, were kind of close. Um, actually, like, it's weird. Like, in, in today's society, a Druidic Celt would be like a politician or a nobleman or um, uh, kind of like a banker, doctor, lawyer, those like types of professions. They, they worshipped trees huge tree huggers tree worshiping hmm. irishmen and, and basically they would uh they would kind of tell people that uh trees were the father of all men and also okay. that they thought trees were the gateway to the afterworld so symbolically the, the cool thing about trees is you have roots obviously in the bottom reaching down to the earth yeah. and also they branch out into the sky and that was kind of the linking symbology there um but got that with the James Joyce quote wrapped around it. Uh, the quote is, uh, when I die, they will be written in my heart. Uh, the quote from Joyce actually is, when I die, Dublin will be written in my heart. Mm. Um, and then in the branches, I have initials of people who've passed who've been important in my life. Gotcha. Kind of a cool metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was, it's, it's kind of settling in. I will say my arm has been very sore all week. Mm. So I've been walking through Manhattan trying to protect the side of my arm from getting bumped into by uh, the absolutely insane people Good luck. that we deal with. That seems impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much impossible. <laughs> I think people who like, listen to this from outside of, of New York probably don't understand this, but there's this whole like kind of weird commuter society here where you just accept the fact that as you walk along, you're going to get nailed like every oh, yeah. day by like 200 people. Oh, yeah. It's just like if you're walking on the same sidewalk as someone else, be careful. It's not about etiquette. It's about keeping the system moving. <laughs> like you're polite yeah. to somebody if you just like get out of their way and if you that means you have to bump into somebody to do that so be it they're like thank you yeah and, and it's like people don't even it's so commonplace that you can like literally be walking down the sidewalk in Manhattan drop your shoulder and ram someone <laughs> as hard as you possibly can and they won't even turn around to say anything to you like it's just it's a really really weird like sub society like nuance that people within American culture have no idea about outside of New York. It's true. And, and it, it's, just, it's just crazy. Um, It'll wear you down. I'm exhausted today, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Long, long week of work and just running around and commuting back and forth from Brooklyn to Manhattan. It's, it, it takes it out of you. Yeah, well, I mean, people talk about having to wait in traffic to drive anywhere, you know, in their cars in the Midwest and all that stuff. Like, I... Imagine all those same frustrated, angry people face-to-face in trains on their way home in the evenings. Because that's, that's what commuting here is like. You deal with that. Um, yeah. Well, it's definitely been uh, an, interesting, an interesting week. Uh, you know, it's been a very, I think, uh, moving week. Lots of things going on in the world. Uh, obviously, uh, just to touch on real quick all of our thoughts uh, with uh, the victims of the folks in, in uh 
in France um, uh, with what's happened there and also obviously what's going on in Turkey uh, as we speak. Um, so moving events uh, have been happening all over the place. Uh, maybe they've snuck into our subconscious, but um, we're here to have some fun. I think yeah. it's exciting. That's what we do this for. Um, I mean, we're still really early in this process, and you had a great, great dream that you brought into the fold last week. Well, thank you. It was my favorite dream of the week. Well, thank I, you. I'm, I, I've, I've marked that in my I can tell, take all the credit that, for that. Yeah. <laughs> you came up with it. Yeah. Um, I've marked that in my, my schedule as the warthog dream. <laughs> because I, I thought about the, the car just rolling, yeah. just tumbling down the yeah. hill. Like, that's the warthog dream in my, my back background. Like, and it was interesting that it was, like, from a... Pocket. I went back and listened to last week's episode, and um, it was interesting that that was the only part of the dream that was, like, that I experienced from a third-person view or, like, an out-of-body experience almost. And another one of those actually happened in my dream that I brought today. Oh, so, very cool. It's interesting okay. that that kind of happened again. Um, so, yeah. Is that a common experience for you? Or does that seem to be fairly rare? That you I mean, I guess we'll see. The more I record these dreams, the more you know, we'll, patterns will emerge. And maybe there'll be some key insight to take away. But Yeah, absolutely. Time um, will tell, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, that's definitely, the, uh, definitely the goal here. So I see you did again today bring, uh, you must have a never-ending supply of these wonderful lambs. Just loose-leaf notebook uh, paper. Oh, uh, it again looks like uh, fantastic, slightly uh, charred edges, lambskin. Of course. Um, highly aged, beautiful. Uh, Maybe in your fantastic, dreams. Fantastic, fantastic. I, I don't know if you studied calligraphy. Or My handwriting is awful, by the way. Uh, oh, Oh, so apologies to you and anybody else that might be listening as I go back and try to, re- you know, um, recite this dream because I'm just going to stumble over these words. But, you know, the great thing about dreams is if you uh, just kind of fill in some details and make things up as you go along because you can't read your yeah. own handwriting. And it's nobody's okay. going to know. Nobody's going to know. You're the right? only one who really knows. Well, let's so. get to it. Um Actually, you know, Will, I, I, I kind of. Oh, you want to go first? I, I'm the host, so I kind of get to say that. Oh, okay. uh, let's Let's go ahead and get to it. All right. So I didn't mark a date for this last dream. I forgot to. I spaced. You know, I'm starting this new job and I'm um but I've tried to make this a priority and um but I, I don't have a date written. Um so That's okay. I think that's okay for this round. I hope that's okay. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll let that slide. Um so I'll just get right to it. Again, just to kind of tee this up for everybody listening. Um I, you know, I woke up in the morning and I wrote down everything that I could remember stream of conscious consciousness style um and so what i'm reading to you now is just what i wrote um the morning after basically when i woke up so here it goes i'm in this building it's a building near my house in oklahoma city only it's completely different on the inside it's an office for a small local weekend paper I'm talking with some of the journalists briefly and then in the office and then the office or scene transforms into a bar. A group of girls who I've never met sit down at a table with me and my roommate comes and sits down with us with a bottle of beer and starts hitting on them. The girls are turned off and leave. I get upset with my roommate and tell him to stop hitting on these girls all the time. (laughs) 
I tell him that he's ruining my chances of getting with anyone. <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm sitting at another table in the bar with my ex-girlfriend. We're laughing and catching up and smiling and even kissing, kissing each other a lot. Like, way more than we should be, even though we're not together. We say our goodbyes, and I feel like I'm walking outside of the bar all of a sudden, away from the bar. Almost as if I have this out, you know, out-of-body experience like I was just describing. Like, I can see myself. It's like a dream. It's like very Inception-style, like dream within a dream. Like, I'm seeing myself in a different place. It's weird. So I'm, you know, I see myself walking out of the bar and away from the bar, and I'm thinking, wow, I can't believe she would be here and bring up old feelings like that. Then all of a sudden, I'm teleported back into the bar, bar, first-person view, and I'm standing in a different section of the bar, possibly drinking a beer, and I see a mutual friend fall and hit his back pretty hard on a wooden railing that separates the bar area from a different room or even another scene in the dream. He was trying to make his way in between a set of tables and chairs and the, and the railing itself, and he tripped and fell backwards onto the railing. The next thing I remember after watching him fall is walking up some steps at the end of the railing and emerging into an outdoor open area. It's the track of my old high school. So it's like I open this door in the bar and all of a sudden I'm like outside and in like a completely different scene. Um, so I'm standing here on this track at my old high school and I'd been given these plastic translucent shields to strap around my shoes. And when I put them on, my legs feel completely light and weightless. Um, with these things on, I could move my legs extremely fast with immense strength. I could run and jump and lift my knees with no effort at all, and I felt no pain. I was just about to get started running around the track with a big group of people when I realized I needed to change my shorts. I went behind a nearby tree and got naked and proceeded to change my shorts. The last and only other thing I remember, and I'm not sure exactly when this happened in the dream, but I think it was at the end, which is why I wrote it down here, was being in a lodge, maybe in the wintertime, on the side of a highway in the country somewhere. I was sitting on a couch with my first crush, and we were just holding each other. And then I woke up. Unreal. <laughs> Weird, this is right? unreal. This is just like... I feel like... Well, first of all, what's amazing to me is I, I, I've observed... And like, then I packed my bag and just walked to work. Right after I wrote this down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like, what else are you going to do? You wake up. That happens in your my brain. Teeth like, what? Yeah, it happens in your brain. Let me just go get on the bus now. Yeah, like, I got to go back to life. Um, like, I just had this wacky, crazy hallucination type thing. Well, I hope you also immediately... I mean, obviously, the first thing that I think everyone would probably advise you to do after this dream is... Go see a therapist. Uh, no, I, I was going to say... Uh, Drunk dial your ex girlfriend. Oh. Like, probably, probably like that's the that's the number one takeaway here is you need to clearly drunk dial your ex girlfriend. Hey, listen, I just want to let you know that uh, you're I in my dream, dream last about night. you. <laughs> I want to let you know you are in my dreams. We have to we have to make things better. Um, this is that's insane. Um, so let's dive into that. I mean, like one of the things that to me, I, I didn't even know Bob. I was totally uh, amateur. Uh, 
dream analyst here. I'm sure we'll start hand, handing out some little uh, stickers with that title on it. Um, I am uh, looking at this just from a perspective of knowing what your dreams were like the last time we, we sat down and talked. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting is it seems like from a thematic perspective, you have this pattern of going kind of into it almost seems like this state where you kind of hit like within your dream, like a state of maybe like an elevated consciousness or a state of, um, almost like super real strength or ability. Cause last time it was like you descending, right? Like, I think it was like you were descending, uh, like a cliff or a mountain or something. And then this time it was like you strapped, you strap something onto your, your like a shield onto yeah. your legs, and then you were just like, like able Iron to... Man style, yeah, superhero style, which sounds incredible. Like I want that in my dreams. I want to be able to have this right? like because I'm thinking about. But like, then the I couldn't use of, it. Well, you, do you have control? Like in your dream, did you feel like you were in that briefly. body experience, like yeah. having the? Because that seems yeah. like such a fun, yeah. exhilarating sensation. Yeah. I don't have that. That never yeah. happens in my dreams. I don't ever have like. So, like, do you wake up and go, like, oh, I feel great. You know, I just had this, like, exhilarating, incredible Well, no, because feeling. the next thing I experienced was, like, not being able to run. Like, I had to change my shorts or something. And it's like I got distracted and I, like, didn't – I couldn't do it. But and I it, guess for a brief moment in time I had the chance of feeling that super strength. And then you were back with a different girl who yeah. – and you guys were just – cuddling in a fetal position yeah. essentially um was this do you know if this uh it was a different girl than the girlfriend you had prior in the within the dream? yeah 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 this yeah. is the the one at the end was my first crush ever who i haven't even thought about in years can i ask like how old you were when you had this first crush ever? oh god first grade oh oh wow yeah you know it's weird so well, so dream theory says that anyone who appears in your dreams an individual has been on your mind within the last 48 hours. Bullshit. 100%. That's what dream theory says. Which which theory? And who's <laughs> it? Yours? Yeah, well, I read it on Google, man. It mm. has to be real. No, I am I am going off of uh basically just uh, old facts that I've heard in the past. I couldn't actually properly recite uh who the theory The old to Wikipedia for. fact. Yeah, well, that's that's what you go for. It's the old Wikipedia fact. All right, well, I mean, I, I personally thought... Um, I mean, you know, I think that's interesting. Is like you say, anybody who's in your dream is someone you've thought about in the last 48 hours. But also, I've heard things that, you know, theories that state that... There's some theories that say that, you know, dreams have no importance. Like, we, we try to say, oh, you know, this this means this and that, and like, it's... You know, it's some indication of how you're feeling and who you're thinking about. There's also other theories that are like, it's just like brain noise. <laughs> because like when you're awake, you're trying to make sense of like all these things you perceive. And then when you're asleep, your brain is just like trying to handle all these signals that aren't doing anything. And it's just kind of like creating something. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think there's probably some truth to that. I think categorizing is... is- brain noise like as as pure brain noise is not having any true value i don't, I don't personally think that that's i don't, I don't personally and see also that. just to take like a little bit of a tangent 
I think it's interesting that we called this phenomenon a dream. Um, in what way? You know, I, I just think there's, you know, connotations, at least in, you know, Western culture and here in America. Like, you can also, when you say dream, you can, you know, it means something you really care about or, you know, want to achieve. Like, oh, this is my dream in life. You know, and so that, I don't know, I think that maybe frames our perception when we think about these things. Well, I think because the, really what it is is just brain activity. I, well, I think the connection there, and the kind of kind of something that you've hit on, your dreams seem to have this a lot more than mine, which is you have these periods of time in dreams where you may have um, heightened physical ability, super real ability that you would never have if you were walking down the street and things that you, you really couldn't be able to do. And you've kind of hit on that a couple of times now. I think... I think that's the reason that there's that correlation between people saying, hey, you know, what's your dream in life? It's really because it's the idea of I can fulfill myself by achieving something that, you know, is kind of beyond my actual capability. Um, I don't I, You know, it, it is interesting that that has been um, – that that's the term, though, that has, is used right? for, like, your goal. Because, like, why wouldn't, it, why wouldn't the word be, like, what's your goal? Like, what's your ambition? Yeah. What's your ambition in life? It doesn't have the same ring as what's your dream in I life. I just think, you know, when people say, oh, the, you know, this is what dream is, it's like, all right, it's a little more nuanced than that. You know, that's, like, we can get a little more detailed, I think. And that's just a project for me, I think, personally, to, like, kind of investigate this a little bit more and, you know, learn more about how the brain works and what's going on when we're sleeping. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a whole scientific. So there's a because your whole body is doing things too, right? That you know, I mean, in theory, your body should be healing itself. Physiologically, um, there's there's. I was reading something the other day that said, um, I think like physiologically, your body remains pretty active when you're in deep sleep, and so that makes sense. Even if even if um, and and particularly when you're you know dreaming. Um, researchers have found that um, men and women both, when they're dreaming in kind of a deep sleep, even if the dream isn't sexual, they'll have like, you know, penile erections and like vaginal lubrication. And it's like, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't really know where I was going with that, but <laughs> I just think there's... Well, I think that's an important I think fact a lot, to just I think, I, think there's, I think there's a lot... There's a lot more to investigate that's going on here. Well, the reason there's I think a physical it's connection, mental connection. But there's there's like, the the thing that I think is really important about that is is really, I'm reading an interesting book right now, by uh, a guy named uh, Dr. John Sarno, and a friend recommended this to me, for uh, reasons I won't go into. But uh, this is uh, a friend of mine is a doctor. We have a rule on this show that we don't actually say people's real names. Um, unless, uh, you know, previously we've discussed it with him. I certainly have not discussed this with him, so I will not reveal his real name. Uh, happy to recommend the book. It's a fantastic book. It's called The Mind-Body Prescription. And there's this whole this whole field of, I think, medicine, psychology, um, that, that kind of talks about the, the long-lost connection between the mind and the body. Essentially... Um, I don't remember who this was or what the individual was, but I think it was some probably uh, some Frenchman back in the um, uh, mid to late 1800s essentially just said, yeah, for medicine, for, for medical purposes, we're going to treat the mind and the body as completely separate and distinct. Mm. 
which doesn't make any sense right. at all. If you think about, if you no really sense. think about that, it, it, it absolutely makes no sense because the mind is what's controlling the Even body. Even today, we... it's it's just very clear that the mind and the body, I think, are um, are are the same engine. I mean, it's totally. all it's all part of the same totally. engine, all the same um, the same mechanics within one vehicle, and, and to try and separate those two things. In the the dreaming experience, it's all it's all part of how you operate as a human being. Did the book say what that Frenchman's reasoning was for separating the body and mind and his treatment of individuals? I I don't I don't recall, or or I haven't gotten far enough into it to be able to say that accurately yet. Um, but I do think that it's probably from a standpoint of the. The idea at the time was, I think, that psychology and physical medicine were two very different, entirely different fields, and that, um, I mean, like a physical ailment, for instance, if you have a physical ailment, right. you break a bone, yeah. um, and the mind is telling you that there's, there's pain signals in that context, um, it was a very clear um, a very clear physical ailment that would be causing that. Um, what gets more questionable is really when you have you know pain signals or things that are just kind of misfiring. You have pain or something sure. along those lines that's going to your brain, and, and it's the question of well, why is why am I feeling this in my body? Right. Um, and it's really from a standpoint of um, the emotions and such that you're experiencing it can can be directly tied to that to symptoms that you feel in your body. That's the idea. Um, be yeah, a very, very interesting stuff. Um, and you feel like, I mean, from your own perspective, how would you say this? How would you, looking at the contours of this particular dream, how would you diagnose what you think this dream means? I, I don't know, man. I think there were some clear themes in the dream that I presented last episode, last time we met. Sure. And I do agree with you. I think there is a there is a pattern in um, this kind of you know desire or you know wish fulfillment to be stronger physically. Okay. Um, and that's something I can just say you know candidly that I've felt recently. I just haven't been going to the gym as much and exercising as much, and. And that's a that's a I think a, a, a pitfall of being an adult and living in a modern society is a lot of times some of those things that you would like to be able to do take care of become more difficult. Yeah, definitely. Um, besides that, the thing about my first crush, I really have no idea. The thing about my ex girlfriend, you seem is to like, have a lot of. I mean, I, I think what's really interesting is you seem to have a very high amount of. Um, I mean, like, let's 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 just say like fantastic female encounters yeah. in your dreams, and I, I don't think it's um, I I don't think the word fantastic in this context should you know imply like a significant amount of like fantasizing because it doesn't seem that way. It just seems like there are a significant number of internet because even to start this dream you had. Um, several girls who were showing up, who your friend right. was, your friend was very actively hitting on them, and you were like, yeah. you told him, "Hey, 
cut it out. You're driving all the girls away. It's funny. And I think um, it's, it's actually funny. My roommate has had just wild success with the dating scene lately. I mean, for the past year and a half, he's just been killing it. And I, you know, I haven't. And I think, I think the takeaway there is like more probably just jealousy. Oh, was it this roommate who was actually the same one that you're considering that dream? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I mean, back to that theory of you being every element of the dream, that almost could mean that you were telling yourself that you see yourself right now as driving the girls away. Maybe. But also, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, reading into it pretty deep, but, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely clear. I mean, you know, the last, you know, the dream I presented last episode and then in this episode, like lots of, lots of women coming around and, you know, and situations oh. where, you know, I, I, I mean, it's happened twice now. There's like girls that I want to be with. Yeah. Or girls that you have been with yeah. in the past. And just as a quick side stat, I also looked this up, um, today before I came here, um, it's pretty consistent across cultures that women, um, when women dream, they, men and women appear in women's dreams equally. Like when a woman dreams, it's like 50% men and 50% women that like appear in the dream. When men dream, it's typically like skewed towards males. So it's usually like two thirds of the people in the dream are men. That's a that's fascinating a, that's a commentary. Weird stat, right? on, well, that's also a fascinating commentary on, I think but generally like the ideas of, um, uh, just kind of social progress and what may be going on. In some of the undertones, like yeah. why are men seeing more men or, you know, kind of in, in, I guess, encountering more men in their dreams. I, I, I haven't but thought about my own dreams that. So it's like, interesting because I think my dreams, at least, I mean, I'm not going to, I mean, the last couple of dreams I presented have been, I think, predominantly female. How would they even, like personal how would they even figure female. that out? Dream, re- dream that reporting, out? just like this. And it's, mo- it was mostly with college students, but, um, well, it's actually interesting. So they, um, people you know go to sleep and then they in a lab and they wake them up and they're like hey what did you dream about and it's just like this and they report and they just aggregate all that data and they they say that um most dreaming happens in um REM sleep so rapid eye movement which is like deep sleep and it can happen when you're you know less asleep. I don't know what the technical term for that is, but the deeper into sleep you are, the higher likelihood that you have of like having a dream. And if you wake somebody up from rapid eye movement sleep, you're there's just like an eighty to eighty five percent chance that like that you can catch a dream. So <laughs> Wow. That's how they I think that's how they get the information is they just try to put people into deep sleep and then they like wake them up with a snap or something. And then you know, they record all their information and they can get interesting stats like that. But that was one that was like cross cultural, like something that was reported. That's which is cool. crazy. But stuff like that's fascinating. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, that is extremely fascinating. It's also an extremely cool mechanism that I was, I wasn't even aware that that mechanism existed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think that's 
that's awesome. What, what everyone, you kind of, kind of have gone over this. I think uh, I've gone probably gone through this one pr- pretty thoroughly. Yeah. Is there any like final closing comments that you have on this that you think you know stood out to you about the dream or anything else that you feel like is kind of important? Nothing's jumping out at me. I think we can move on. Okay. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear about one of your dreams, Reed. <laughs> I appreciate your deep interest in yeah. my subconscious. Um, <clears throat> one event in this dream is uh, is going to just come across as so bizarre, and and I I have. I just don't even know where this came from um it's just really really out there um so i'll i'll, I'll kind of go through this i'll um let me read the the general contours and then we can kind of dive in and discuss this a little bit so this is dated uh 7 8 16 to the morning of 7 9 16 which i think would have been maybe last weekend over last weekend I was on a trip to a school in the middle of the California coast to visit with a small group, and we were all sharing a hotel room. Um, And this was a, the hotel room itself actually felt like it was in a urban or city environment, which is kind of strange. But um, the hotel room, there was one large room uh, that had the biggest bed in it. And it actually was like, imagine a bed with, with four posts, four corner post bed, um, that everyone had to walk through that room to get to their rooms and uh, or or to exit the uh, the hotel room, um, and then there were about four total rooms and one large bathroom connected to this room. And the way I would say this is, if you walked in and, and were looking in from the door, uh, it would be an elongated rectangle. And on the far side, there would be two doors going into bedrooms. And then to your left, there would be two doors going into bedrooms. And directly in front of you, there would be a bed. And the wall that lined up with the exiting door had the large bathroom. I ended up staying in the main room with the large bed. Um, And the people... And what was weird about that is I had to constantly deal with people walking in and out of the room. Um, So it felt like people were kind of walking through my business. Um... The people at the school were extremely nice to me. Um, it wasn't the most exciting area. Uh, it did have really fantastic nature surrounding it, even though it felt very urban. Um, so I really loved being there. Um, I exchanged um, what were strangely postcards with the school's recruitment team. Uh, and. At that point, instead of applying for, I guess, some sort of academic program, they offered me a job there to come work there. Um, Snapping out of that scene, snapping away from that, I flashed back to my childhood, and this is in Oklahoma City, and I'm at my mom's house. Um, Our neighbor was having their landlord do a massive remodel um, to this very, it was a very small um, a couple bedroom family house. I had a big backyard. I mean, you haven't seen like houses in Oklahoma. There, um, there's a little pink houses like that kind of like environment. I think, um, and, and they were literally turning that house into a castle. 
or building a moat out in front, oh, and it wow. was being it was being built into a castle. I remember there were crocodiles. Um, I, it was just bizarre, and I, I basically ended up asking the neighbor. I, was, I, was, I asked him um, how much that would impact his rent, um, and he said it was just nothing. They were going to just let him stay there. They just wanted to turn it into a castle. Um, and I remember and the thinking, landlord was okay with that. The landlord wanted to do it, and I remember thinking to myself, "Man, that's that's a great deal for what him. What a nice landlord!" Yeah, I was like, "That's a fantastic deal for him." Um, and then somehow flash again, uh, and we're all on a subway train together, and the subway train has guns attached to it on the oh, wow. outside, which point in towards the doors um, for people who try to get off too oh, fast. My God! So if you try to jump <laughs> off too fast, the guns are going to shoot you. Uh, and there were no actual doors attached to the train, so the train would just be moving. But if you tried to jump off and get in front of people, the door, the guns would just so shoot So it was you. a death train. There were yeah, no doors yeah. and guns pointing at people on the inside. Well, but, like, they, they would only shoot you. Guns would only shoot you if you jumped off the train too fast. So basically, like, the guns were pointed towards the doors from the side, so you'd have to be walking off the train too fast to trigger a gun. Interesting. Um... So there were no doors, uh, and uh, my neighbor, for whatever reason, just decided that he didn't care, and he tried to jump. I was like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. And he tried to jump, and, and he got shot. Strafed. And I was like, man, that, was, that's, that really sucks, man. Why'd you do that? Like, I don't know if he survived. He may have survived, but he got shot. Um, so next, I'm back in New York City, and my mom is visiting... It felt like this is New York City, but it also was like kind of in the same college town that I had just been in. But it had this like kind of crossover between like New York urban feel and like all this surrounding nature. Um, so she wanted to visit the school, and then she wanted to go out. We're at the same hotel room, and then she wanted to go out and explore. And I'm like, okay, we'll we'll go explore. And we came across this store that she really wanted to go into, and it had just opened. Um. And I was like, okay, we can go into this store. And this store was called Donald Trump's German Store. The store is just called <laughs> Donald Trump's German Store. Uh, and I remember walking in and uh, looking at everything, and it's just all of this, like, ridiculous oversized stuff. There are clothes, there's, like, very puffy wool shorts that are just, like, dramatically oversized, puffy wool shorts. Um, and I, I kind of remember, like, looking around at all this stuff and being like, man, this guy really sells some stuff at great prices. Because, like, everything was just, like, super cheap because it had just opened. I think he was trying to, like, get people to come in and, like, buy stuff. Um, and I was really impressed by that. I mean, I, I was, like, very happy about that. Um, but it was just, like, all this really weird German, like... I guess perceived as German things. It was very bizarre that they, like, they were there. And I basically was like, you know, this is, I guess I want to see, like, I kind of want to get a souvenir for myself, but I didn't want, like, any of these, like, very poorly made shorts. Um, I would kind of describe it as, it's like a dollar store the size of a New York City bodega. Um, and I, the souvenir I ended up going and getting was this just gigantic, random, oversized pill bottle. Hmm. Like, the size of, like, a gallon milk jug. Hmm. Um, and inside the bottle, I opened the bottle, and I remember the price the Price of that bottle was $3.99. And I remember I opened it up and looked in, and all the pills were, like, just different shapes. Totally random, weird shapes. 
And what it actually contained was male slash female, so for either sex, birth control. Mm. Birth control pills for either sex. So anyone could take them, and it would provide birth control for, for any individual. Um, so I bought it. I mean, I was like, this is a great... It's a great. Uh, what a deal! Yeah, great price. Three fifty for three ninety nine. Okay, yeah, three ninety nine. Yeah, I thought Still. it was. Really, I mean, fantastic. And so I mean, it's huge. Buy it in bulk. A really, yeah, a really big supply. So uh, I have no idea why Donald Trump was selling that in his store, but uh, so left there. Uh, I was then suddenly back west of that school, um, and now all of a sudden it was really far out into the middle of nature, um, and this is getting kind of weird. I mean, I, I think. These are public figures, so I feel comfortable saying some of the names. Yeah, that's fine. Um, these are individuals who are related to the Oklahoma City Thunder or who are uh, the um, – if they aren't players, they're like general managers and such. I was helping uh, the general manager of the Oklahoma City Thunder, a guy named Sam Presti. Um, I was helping him decide whether or not to keep Russell Westbrook. And – we're both extremely uh, mad at uh, who I, what I wrote down here is turncoat. I'm not going. To, I'm not actually going to say this guy's. I'm not going to say. Look, there's a guy who used to play for the Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> whose former name was K. Durant. I don't acknowledge that as a, a person who lives anymore. I acknowledge there's only one one name that I acknowledge anyone by that plays basketball by the last name of Durant now, and that's Benedict. Um, so I'll just say a gentleman by the name of Benedict Durant. Um, so we were very mad at him, um, and basically we were working to get Russell Westbrook to stay and re-sign with the Thunder. Uh, and then... Uh, and then as soon as I started that conversation, I woke up. Hmm. I didn't get to actually go through the process of helping the Thunder resign. Wow. Okay. That's the last book. So. A lot going on there. Yeah. A lot of seemingly different scenes and stories and <laughs> themes and takeaways from my perspective. Well, I mean, I, I think the most fascinating part of this to me, and something that I, I cannot, I mean, I guess... I'm very fond of European cultures, and I do speak some German. Um, the Donald Trump's German store thing, I mean, I, that just... <laughs> I was going to say that... It's it, so it, out of left it, field, it, it man. Really, um, it's just so crazy. It really, like... I guess impressed me that, like, you were able to have a vivid memory of, like, what the store name was. Well, I mean, like, like when you wake Donald up and you Trump's think of that. German store, because in my, I mean, in my own dreams, I don't remember things like that. And it's not like too. it's not like, oh, I know. I can I can never remember. This is what this person said specifically, and like you know, this is what was written. Like all of mine are very kind of like visual and abstract, I guess. But I don't know. It's interesting that you know you could. You're like, yep, that's just Donald's German store. I mean, it was so bizarre. I mean, it was. It's, I think, and you're right. I mean, I think I usually have a lot of trouble remembering various pieces of those details. I feel like I remember color very well in dreams, huh. like that room that I was describing, the hotel room I was describing. A lot of red, lots of red. Think of a red carpeted floor. Huh. Think of a bed with a red bedspread on it. 
Have you ever stayed anywhere like that before? No, never. I've never seen a hotel room with that layout before. And what was interesting to me about that particular moment in the dream is you have people essentially walking through your business. But I opted for that because I wanted to have the more space. I was okay with it as long as I had the space. It's interesting just when I hear you go back and, you know, read the dream that that was the takeaway, right? And, And like when you're you know, recording what you experience. And I do the same. It's like, I'm describing the scene, but then it's also like, I find myself writing words that say like why it was important. Yeah. It's like, you know, because I mean, I had no idea you were going to go there. You were just describing some room. It's like, okay. But then we kind of clarify, like the reason this is important is because, you know, and that's almost like, um, a glimpse into like, what it's really about, right? Because I think it's, I think beneath all the things that you hallucinate or see, there's like a meaning. And it's well, there like, has to be something. And it's I like, agree. and for you, it was like people are passing through my shit. Yeah, and and I think it's it's interesting because, but you opted for that. I did, but I also had a fairly. I mean, I knew. Like, the thing that stood out to me the most, even about that segment of the dream, is there are people who are walking through my shit. Like, I knew very, very vividly from that section of the dream, like, hey, there are people walking through. And there was another part of the dream where, and I, even sitting here, I can remember this, where we were, the whole group separated, and I'd made a very good friend um, from that. Uh, that group meeting in the hotel room and we were separating and we were in New York as we were separating. Um, and this individual, I, I had the um, pleasure of uh, becoming very good friends with, um, walked away. Uh, and I watched, uh, as this individual, uh, she, uh, as she, uh, kind of left and was walking down a very gray New York city street, just having this immense overwhelming color, of gray and everything. You have the gray cement. The building is this steely feel to it. The windows reflecting gray off mm. the street and off of each other. Um, wow. But not a very, I mean, the day itself wasn't necessarily gray, but it just had this like overcast tone to it that really, I think, highlighted to some extent the emotional state that was going on in that part of the dream, which is um, a feeling of sadness. But I think color does a lot that links very, very closely to an emotional state that you're feeling. And I think, honestly, you're able to, in a dream, really draw in a lot with the color that you see, really draw in a lot to read about what that particular scene of the dream means to you. Because I think, you know, red is a color that's associated much more so with, um, you know, passion and excitement and such. And like, obviously I was excited and having a good time being with this new group of people and getting to know these people. And then you go and you see all this gray, man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like how you can Because that doesn't happen to me at all. I mean, when I remember dreams, I don't remember. There's not this undercurrent of, you know, color like that. It's always what I feel like I experience is a situation and an emotional feeling about a situation rather than like, you know the color kind of dictating that. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's. I think that's cool. No, I, I mean, I well, I appreciate that. Um, Which did that? Did you experience color in other parts of the dream, like when you were in the subway car with all those guns, or like 
You said there was a it was a pink castle too, or something like that. Well, no, I said I can kind of ref- refer to the uh, little pink houses. Uh, oh. uh, the song, Ooh, John Mellencamp. Is it John I Mellencamp? Don't I don't know. Little pink houses, ain't that America? I, I think it was. I know no? that song, but I don't remember the name. Uh, I think it's John Mellencamp. I don't know. Uh, if I'm wrong, we'll just edit this part out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, if I'm wrong, I'll leave it anyway. I don't really care. But um, the uh, the the it wasn't that it was a pink castle. The color that I associated most with that part of the dream was actually green and brown. Um, and I, I say green. My my mother did a fantastic job as as I was growing up, uh, taking care of um, taking care of her yard. Um, my parents uh, were divorced, but my mom was always a fantastic gardener and, and uh, yeah. groundskeeper. Really enjoyed. Um, enjoyed that type of thing and really took a lot of pride in doing that um, and, and did a very good job with it. But our neighbor never did. And when I say brown and green were the colors that stood out, I mean green is in the color of the yard that my mom had and brown right. is in the color of withering grass that oh, my neighbor okay. had. Huh. But also, you know, the castle was very traditional, actually more like a uh, the type of castle you would see in a Disney story than, say, a castle you would see if you went to, you know, tour around in uh, medieval Very European fabricated. community. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I remember, like, as I said, there's crocodiles in a moat. <laughs> like, like very cartoony. Like, yeah. almost like you yeah. really have this very strong impression of um, just almost animated. Like, if you could animate on top of reality. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I gave up entirely on trying to find so, any connections yeah, between these different things. I was going to say, is there some kind of takeaway here between these scenes or, like... Uh, you know, I, I think each segment of the dream probably represented something completely on its own. Um, yeah. I, I had a really hard time That's trying to That's how I felt draw. about my, my dream, too. I don't know. At least this time around. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's, like, not... It doesn't seem to me, based on what we've done, that, that it's uncommon to have varied emotional states or varied segments of a dream as you kind of proceed along and there may be there may be connections there may be other elements of things that happen that connect those parts of the dream but I think they can either be so nonsensical that it's impossible to really describe them because reality is you're not bound in any way shape or form by the confines of reality or I think it's also really possible that you you forget pieces of a dream and that the only things you really remember from dreams are the key strong pieces that sure. you have to you know to repeat I think, it when you I don't know I, I think the more we talk about this stuff I think there are sometimes pieces or segments that are just inconsequential yeah and I touched on this earlier but like I mean there are parts of my dream I'm just like yeah that's the thing that happened like I, I don't I can't I can't you know I can't see any connection between that and what I'm experiencing in life. Like that, you know, the car, like the warthog or whatever, like yeah, driving the up the hill. Right. Just like, a, okay, just, just like a side note. Yeah. I mean, for you, I mean, do you think there was anything in, in your dream that was like that? I mean, like this, like the subway with the machine guns, what was that? I, it's I just no out of left idea. field. Like, no, it's totally out of left field. It's crazy. I mean, the only thing I can tie that to is I, I, I have no interest in, in guns or anything like that whatsoever, um, personally. But um, 
other than like I you know I enjoyed playing video games that had guns in it and stuff as right. a kid. I've never been like a gun owner yeah. or like into hunting or anything like that. Um, I, I certainly have. Um, I mean, guns have been you know a big thing going around recently from I think pop culture perspective. It's been a huge issue uh, that's gotten a lot of attention. But I mean, I can't I can't draw to anything that is making it happen. But I have had thematically quite a few dreams recently where there have been guns and I'm trying to think back on uh, the dream that I discussed last time I think there was a knife in that there were several other dreams that I, I just have not discussed and I may bring up at a later time if we have airtime for them uh, that have had uh, firearms as a theme hmm. and it's very strange uh, I don't actually know why that's um, speaking of I guess patterns and trends there's one thing um, from this dream that I, I guess, you know, emerged and was in your, the dream from last episode too, which is reoccurring things like your mom. Yeah, no, I actually thought about that. As, you know, you're right. You're back with your mom, um, back at home. You're right, and and, I, and then I, she comes to visit New York. Certainly, you were with her in D.C. last, you know, the last dream you presented in the first episode, and. And we do have a very, I mean, I have a very close relationship with her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, it's interesting that that has popped up in both of these. She isn't in all of my dreams, but as you say that, I certainly think that there were, there was at least one other dream fairly recently where she was, she was present. Um, but yeah, you're right, 100%. Um, interesting, interesting thing to note in terms of recurrences. Uh, I guess that means I'm a total mama's, mama's boy. boy. Yeah, what else, you know. Um, just kind of like the water boy, you know, deep down south. I got a couple teeth though. Um, well, cool. I mean, I I feel like I've gotten pretty much everything out that I needed to with yeah. that. I don't know if you have any. I don't have anything else, that. man. Yeah, I think this has been a good conversation. I think it has too. I mean, like one of the things I just want to really emphasize. Uh, we're just getting going. Love that people send us their dreams. Um, we're up and running on Twitter. You can follow us at Dream Colloquium. We also very, uh, very nicely have set up a um, uh, a Gmail account, um, and you can reach us at the Dreamers Colloquium, no apostrophe, obviously, at gmail.com. And if you submit your dreams, we'll take a look. If they're uh, show appropriate, we'll happily bring them up, discuss them amongst the group, gives us a little bit of extra material. And you can have us diagnose your dreams. And, uh, you know, we will give you the courtesy of making sure not to mention your full name. Um, Only if we mention anyone on the show, we will only mention uh, first name. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. I'm loving it. I'm really excited that we're up and running. We'll be totally set on iTunes here shortly. Uh, in the meantime, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, and also if you uh, would like to go directly to our host site or on Podcast Garden. Um, so feel free to listen there as well. Uh, Will, it's always a pleasure. Likewise, Reed. you're a lovely, lovely gentleman, and uh, always enjoy having you. Uh, I know everyone else enjoys listening to you. This is fun. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely, man. We'll talk. Can't soon. wait to come back. Yeah, all the time. And uh, the cats can't wait to have you back either. All right. <laughs> Okay. See you soon. See you later. Thanks again for listening to our show. If you have any questions, email us at thedreamerscolloquium at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dreamcolloquium.